0: welcome to BAM episode 18. Uh, I'm Stu, your host, and I'm joined from the other side of the Atlantic by Carly. Hello! It's, it's the gag that keeps on giving. And we have a special guest this time around. So, it's so bit, special. So special. So special. So we have a very special guest, Mr. Mark Robbins. Hello! So, woo, clap myself. There you go. <laughs> So, Mark is the video game music champion behind classic video game music. That's me. So yeah. So, what's what's your credentials when it comes to quiet books, Mark? Um, the leading question, I know. Uh, they're, they're books for children, aren't they? I was waiting for them to bring it up. That's so they're, true. That's they're true. children's books. They've got pictures, more pictures than words. So you're not a massive comic book reader, it's to be fair. One. I have kind of bullied you into reading certain ones. Well, no, that's not true, because there is one comic book that I have subscribed to for, I don't know, numerous years. 20 20, years. Let's spoil it before I come out with it. (laughs) Well done. Ah, I'm so
1: excited. I knew that one. She's she's like this.
0: Yeah. 20 20 years subscriber to Viz Magazine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a magazine that keeps on giving the same joke. Month after month after month. Yeah. Uh, and it's still not funny, but I still read it. Well, it's still good. I mean, I, it, For me, Viz is, whenever I get so a fly... It's not flight. as funny as it used to be. Well... That's what, that was the running joke. It was a running joke. It is funny, though. I didn't it is, like it. it. It is funny. I, I always pick it up when I um, take an international flight. Um, for me, it's like getting something like a serious magazine, and it's getting a copy of Viz. And like
1: the classy Brit you are. Classy Brit
0: that I am. But um, for me, I'm, I've actually progressed from reading the comic strips to like the uh, the fake articles. I think they're like hilarious. I hated them as a kid. But now I think they're, absolutely, they're probably the best part in the, the fake news articles are amazing because they created a tabloid news style, like the the, the red top tabloid news style, like your, your sons and your yeah. your stars, etc. Their writing style, I'm pretty certain, came from Viz. I, they will, I'm sure the creators of Viz say, oh, it came from us. But if you read the Viz stories and how yeah. they're set out and how they're... That's basically what tabloid journalism is these days. Yeah, but the generation of tabloid journalists now probably did read Viz. Yeah, probably. I'm it's, sure they were. When was it? Viz started out in the late 70s, didn't it? It came, came uh, big in the 80s, I think. Th- um, I, well, I can't think. Is it 35
1: years it's been going for?
0: Right.
1: What's your favourite Viz character?
0: Uh, th- do you know what? Um, I've, I can't really pick because they're like my children. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've always I've always loved Sid the Sexist. And I've always right. loved Roger Mellie. Um, But in recent times, the Drunken Bakers, which is a fairly, I would say fairly new strip. It's probably about at least eight years old itself. But Drunken Bakers is just brilliant. It's the most dark, bleak story about two bakers who are alcoholics of the very worst kind. Right. Um, Their shop basically doesn't run because they're too busy being drunk. Yeah. And one of them <clears throat> one of them is very fighty one of them was in a was married the, with a daughter but fell by the wayside because he sort of got into drink yeah and it is their sad and bleak adventures each week as they drink too much cheap booze and and you know sometimes they'll fall over and split yeah. their head open you know sometimes they'll crap their pants sometimes they're... <laughs> but it's, it's not play for last so it's really dark Oh, it's so dark, yeah, real dark an, it's and... really bleak yeah it's like. It's like someone took the worst thing that could ever happen to someone and then tried to make it funny. And it is is funny, but it's sad at the same time. Yeah, Yeah, it's the best bit. I love it.
1: (laughs) But don't you think that Viz really caters to the British sense of humour, the sort of darker side of humour that maybe you don't get in other countries quite so much? But the darker the better for the Brits, I think. I think
0: so. Yeah, I mean... The, the running joke in Viz is it only has one joke, and each, basically, each strip is the same joke every time. So, in Sid the Sexist, it's always Sid trying to lose his virginity and never quite getting yeah. there. And if it's the same, or if it's Eight Ace, it's always Eight Ace buying eight cans of lager and getting drunk and falling over and in a pile yeah. of puke and piss. It's the same joke, strip after strip after strip. Yeah. And it's like, I can imagine if you weren't British looking at that going, well, why is that funny? He almost died. That's mm. not funny. I mean, to me, the other standout is the uh, Profanosaurus at the back of the magazine with a new entries yes. each, each month. Or it's not it's not monthly, is it? And it's no, not no. quite bi-monthly, is it? I can't... It, oh, what is it? It's six-weekly? It's like real random... It's every month of the year for 11 months of the year. Right. <laughs> I think it's the... I don't know. It's the kind of magazine that when the price went up, It had a massive logo all over the front of the magazine saying "Now even more expensive," (laughs) and it probably still sold the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the law readers. And uh, yeah, it's um, I get it. I read it. I chuckle. Yeah, and I hand it on to someone. I'm, I'm quite. I never ever keep any copies of them. I always tend to hand them on. I'm not sure why that is. I think it's that mentality of like when you used to find jazz mags in the in the bushes. <laughs> it's like I tend to hand on. Yeah, we're aging ourselves <laughs> when you by saying that. Handing on Pre- co- copies of Viz. Yeah, pre-internet kids. Yeah, I know there's there's someone at work, and I, I hand on to them to yeah. give to their um their son. Well, when we used to work together, I think I used to uh, receive your donation as well. So. And i used to give you copies of Viz as well. Hey. Hey. It's nice. like it's like Neil's here. <laughs>
1: So, I haven't read Viz in years but the, the last time that I read it's not at your house today.
0: Yeah that was probably one of my um, uh, post travel copies as well well thumbed yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I don't really remember a lot of the characters, but the one that always sticks in my mind is the guy with the massive bollocks that that carries them around in a wheelbarrow.
0: Buster Gonad.
1: Buster Gonad. Yeah, he
0: was struck by lightning (laughs) on his testicles and they grew to (laughs) unfeasibly large proportions. (laughs) So it's like The Flash. It's basically, yeah. Flash origin, isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 But, uh, like... um...
1: oh, can you imagine that in a tight suit?
0: Bloody hell. straining... Yeah, he's, uh, he's a hero, Buster Go. Now, Buster Goon like one of the more heroic characters because yeah. he, he basically wants to help people with his unfeasibly large testicles. Yeah. So, like, you know, if there was a fire in a children's home going on, he would rush up to, like... And there's, like, a bunch of kids trapped in the, the third or fourth floor. Yeah. He would get them to open a window and he'd run and he'd turn his testicles into, like, something <laughs> they could jump onto <laughs> and bounce on. Cause that's, that's
1: so good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a hero. So I think the Justice League should sign him up. He'd be yeah. a, a, a valuable member. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, he's he's always helping people with his yeah. testicles. I mean, like, how else could you help? I mean, I'm trying to think of scenarios where enormous testicles would help, you know. But uh, that's about the only... You know, or or some sort of... Anywhere you need a cushion, really, or know, some kind bespoke of... Bespoke you know. bouncy castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've done that before, haven't they? I think they've yeah. like a children's party. The bouncy castle's blown up, and he's literally comes to the rescue! They just jump to uh, his balls. Yeah, or maybe no. in a in a car crash, they could act as airbags. Mm. Yeah, or on a long journey, you
1: could use them as travel travel those Yeah,
0: and I, you know, there's there's quite a lot of wiry hair there as well. That I'm sure it'd come into <laughs> use somehow. I I, I'm just speculating now, yeah, to be yeah, fair.
1: Yeah. Can we have mug all the time? <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me as so though
0: I don't say anything bad ever. That's it. <laughs> Mark, Mark will lay the tone for you.
1: Yeah. Really. i handed the button.
0: That's it. So the other reason we've got Mark here is because he, whilst he might not be reading uh, vast amounts of comic books other than Viz, he has <laughs> been playing catch-up with the Marvel movies. It leads us to the latest instalment, Doctor Strange. Yes. Which we both went to see. Yes. At the Cinema House. Yes. Which together. Is together. Sat next to each other, don't you know, don't you know. So um, this is the 14th Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, um, but you are a couple behind. You haven't seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen you know? Ant-Man and I haven't seen Civil War. Yeah. And, and you told me I could go and see this on of sync, and I was very worried because I, I don't like seeing stuff out of sync. No, no, exactly. And I was kind of like, no, it's totally fine. But I think five minutes before we went in now, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure you don't need to see this. And you don't. I think that's, that's the first thing, is you can... It is standalone. Um, there are kind of like some very sort of hidden Easter eggs. But we will come to that in a minute, because basically Carly hasn't seen it. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to use the power of editing magic, and we're going to go off shortly to talk about Doctor Strange in our mini-review. And then using Doctor Strange's time powers... you see what I'm doing? I'm linking it back to the movie. We can wind back time and bring Carly back in... And then finish the rest of the show by talking about non-movie related stuff. You've totally, you've totally blown my mind with that. I know. Yeah. So, so, we're going to say goodbye to Carly briefly.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. So, Doctor Strange, the movie. We've seen it. We have seen it. We have seen it. So, um, what do you think? Well. Did you like it? Uh, I did. Let, let's quantify this Gosh. by saying, but we saw it in 4DX. Mm. And 4, you brought that? 4DX makes all movies better. So I don't know if that's something that's um, a term in the US. So for those who don't know, this is seeing a movie in 3D, but with added whiz bangs. So you're, you're sat in a a bank of four seats. Yeah, so the, the seats yeah. move, uh, they rumble, uh, they blow air at you, they spray water at you. Strobe lights. Strobe lights. There are wind turbines in a cinema yeah. to debris, and there's also scents as well. I Well, when we go to, I only ever smell one scent. It's a kind of a floral smell that they kind of put in for everything. Yeah, they're it's all good. kind of fairly similar. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, but they, you, they can all act together. So, for example, there is a scene in the film where Doctor Strange uh, runs outside and runs across a courtyard and then goes into a building on the other side of the courtyard, but it's raining. So the moment he steps out of the building water sprays down but the wind turbines act in such a way the water falls straight down on you so it feels like you're actually in the rain yeah. and as soon as he steps back in the water stops i've forgotten that bit but no yeah yeah it's yeah it's fun. amazing it rains in <coughs> the cinema yeah so uh, everything is, is better in four D X. like that but it was fun i enjoyed it, it yeah. was like you said it was standalone and i mean i didn't really know dr strange very much mm. other than he looked like an 80s tv magician you Know yeah. it's a, kind of the great Soprendo level, it's a bit of a British reference, God, isn't but... it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was the US equivalent. I mean, who was the big magicians back in the 80s? That's going to be uh, it will um, David Copperfield, yeah. Is that his name, David, no, Cooper, that... David Copperfield, right? Or is that Charles Dickens' novel? It's <laughs> oh, both, it's both, it's both. 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 both, yeah. Um, yeah. or I don't know, the the dudes that kept the tiger, uh, oh, Secret of Roy, Secret of Roy, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he was like a... a, That's all I I knew he was. But I think, like a lot of superhero movies where it's the first one of a series, half the film is taken up by origin stuff. And it's always hard to have a movie that has all the origin stuff and a villain has enough time to really make a decent thing no I I totally agree I think you've pinpointed what I feel was I mean I really thought it was good fun but I think the weakest part was it was very formulaic and I'm kind of concerned that Marvel are going to fall into a trap for the next origin movie which I think is going to be Captain Marvel uh, which is a few years away but for me it was very much a retread of the first movie Iron Man so you had that kind of someone who's a bit of a dick something happens becomes a superhero reluctantly And then something else happens and they go full throttles, become redeemed. And I kind of felt it was very cookie cutter. Done very well, but I just think they could break away from the formula a little bit. Which they did, skipping ahead, I will say they did break away with the the final battle, the kind of the the final act versus the big bad. I thought they did something really clever with that, where it wasn't another big CGI fest um, punch up. It was a bit more, I wouldn't say intellectual, but it was a bit more... Clever. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, like all stories with a smoking gun at the end, they very heavily showed it off in the yeah. second reel. Like you knew you you didn't necessarily know it was coming, but it was very heavily signposted. But he I mean, about the whole time. Yeah, travel I mean, thing. The whole you could yeah the, the kind of time timey stuff. It yeah. was it was pretty. Heavily shoehorned mm. in, um, but yeah, I mean, but you do say about the effects. I, I thought visually, the effects were pretty astounding. Yeah. like some of the effects I, in that film are stuff that I haven't seen before. I thought, no, absolutely. I think the fights with the um, the kind of in the Escher landscapes where they just turn New York inside out. I think, do you know? What, I think it's definitely a film if you haven't seen it yet, or even if you have seen it and haven't seen it in 3D, go and see it in 3D. I think it's one of those rare movies where genuinely. Those sequences have to be seen in 3D because it blows yeah. your mind. And also, if you can go and see it in 4DX, yeah. you get a moving chair and water and air and stuff. So, that's, I think that really, those scenes were just like incredible. I felt really tripped out. Yeah, I like definitely from a visual spectacle, it was one of the best ones I've seen yeah. in a long time. It was, it was pretty impressive. But it was, it was fun and, and, and Cumberbatch was. He was pretty good and yeah. it wasn't the most convincing American accent, I thought. But no, I was kind of when before the first trailers came out, there was like, you know, is he gonna, you know, put on American accent? Is he gonna have his, you know, an English accent? And I was kind of hoping he would probably stick it to the English accent because it just, you know, obviously it's, it's natural for him. But I don't know, I'd be kind of curious to see what an American would think of the accent whether it actually is just someone putting on an accent, whether it sounds like he's from New York or wherever, which is where he's supposed to be. Yeah, I guess we're so used to hearing him with his English accent that it felt a little bit odd. Yeah, um, But he was very affable and yeah. seemed very... He seemed quite comfortable in the role. I yeah. mean, it's a bit different to some of the stuff he's done before. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. more high fantasy. And, yeah. and sometimes when you get like a quite a talented actor go back to do stuff like that, they sometimes have a bit of air of... I'm here for the paycheck. About yeah. it, I thought he threw himself into it. I thought he looked like he was having fun with it. And... Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I've seen some criticisms about some of the humour, saying the jokes fell flat because he just didn't have the comic delivery that someone like Downey Jr. did, which I think is a bit harsh. I mean, I thought some of the gags were quite funny. Yeah, so, it was... so, most of the gags are very visual as well. That was some good visual gags. Like, the scene in the library where um, Wong is the you know masked the library and no one can get books out, and there's a nice little visual gag where you've got Strange like using portals to. Nick stuff. The Beyonce gang thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it wasn't laugh out loud. But it yeah. wasn't as funny as some of the the, the Danny Jr. stuff. But, yeah. But Danny Jr. has just got that kind of delivery. I don't yeah, think yeah. Was, that's what he's good at. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, I I didn't get the impression like quite often you get big actors quite often playing like super villain roles and mm. you, you feel like they're there because they're the name and it doesn't really Yeah. Feel right. they are doing the whole paycheck thing aren't they yeah. just kind of cashing it. well speaking of which it takes, takes, takes us to uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Cassilius I think is how you say it um, I've, I'm a big fan of Mads Nicholson. I think he's great in Casino Royale um, Hannibal he's great I'm not a fan of the series as such but I think he's brilliant what he had in this I thought was quite good but it's very much like another 2D paper thin Marvel cinema villain where it's just they want something and they're going to get it, but you don't really have a sense of who they are. Again, I think that's a problem with it being an origin movie, and yeah. there's just no time for the villains to really do much yeah. other than that. There's, there's no time for them to have any depth of character yeah. or interesting subplots. Yeah, I know everyone says Iron Man 2 is not a great movie, but... It was, it was bad. It was a retread, the first one. But yeah. I quite enjoyed... Oh, the Mickey Rourke, the Mickey Rourke yeah, character. Yeah. I felt like I, yeah. I knew him a lot better, and i I liked I liked him in it because mm. he had more time because he yeah. didn't have. To, he went straight into it, and I I, I kind of like it where you get the supervillain origin. Yeah, you have time to put that in, and they're usually more most interesting. I think we've covered it before on the on the show where I've kind of said that Marvel Netflix seems to have had more luck with the villains. Like you know, for me, that the, the pinnacle is. Um, Wilson Fist the Kingpin from Daredevil where it's just like an amazing character and I think that's because they've had episodes to develop it and I think with the movie you're kind of you're given 90 minutes to two hours to kind of do everything so it's a bit difficult to kind of get that but yeah I just think that for me it was a bit of a shame that he wasn't as interesting or or as compelling as someone like um you know Loki I think that's the only villain I think in the Marvel universe that's kind of got multi-facets but again He's had more than one movie, I suppose. So, but it. I think the thing with him is, is that, and I, okay, I've only seen the first Thor movie once, and I wasn't a massive fan of it. But he had as much screen time, yeah, as Thor. Yeah, so that's they true. both had enough time to. Whereas in this, in the Strange, the the, the the main villain had very little screen time. That's true. That's true. Because he had other characters. Yeah, it's been a witch, So I thought Tilda Swinton as the ancient one was brilliant. She was amazing. Yeah, she was very good. Yeah. And again, what you said about Benedict enjoying it—I got the impression yeah. she was really enjoying her her part in it as well, not just phoning it in. Yeah, no, totally. It makes it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, quite often, everyone will the, the stars will do the, the interview circuits and, and so on and so forth. And I think I didn't actually see a lot of that stuff, yeah. so I didn't see what what they're like. But I'm pretty sure I did see Tilda Swinton on some stuff, and she genuinely seemed like it was a laugh to do. Yeah. Well, she's known for doing more arty movies, isn't she? Like, art house flicks. So I guess it must have been a something, change of pace. F- yeah, something to show the kids. Yeah, and like, she had a, a pretty severe haircut for it as well. <laughs> Can't get much severe. Do you reckon that was, like, proper shaven-headed or do you reckon that was, like, some kind of Hollywood magic? Well, I reckon she's method. I reckon she did that. I reckon Fair she got clippers out for uh Fair play, Tilda. Uh, I think, th- so I like, really like Benedict Wong as Wong. I thought that was good. A nice little foil for him. And also, from the comics, because you probably don't know this, in the comics, he's more of, like, a... He started off as like a manservant for Strange. And then over the years, he's become more of like a, an equal, a fighting companion. And what they've done with the movie is they've kind of leveled him up to another level where he's on almost on a par with Strange. And I think perhaps in this movie, he's probably more able than Strange is, more talented. So it's kind of nice to see a bit more equality there. Um, and I mentioned about the gags. I thought some of the humor between them was quite fun. I don't know if I'd want to particularly rush out and see... A second Strange movie that was be my next question for you but yeah. I would like to see those characters incorporated in other Marvel yeah. films well it's funny you should say that Mark well so we obviously stayed to the bitter end so we've seen both of the uh, end credit sequences um, the first of which kind of gives you your wish that um, you will see him in another movie it looks like we'll next see Strange in Thor next year because it wasn't really like a an end credit scene as such. I think they just took a bit of footage from the third formy third four movie next year, which um, has him strange riffing off against Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Which again, you know, if you've seen it, it's fun. If you haven't seen it, it's fan service. It's fan service, but it kind of gives, gives a nice little um, taste of how he's going to interact with some of the other characters. Uh, and the final scene was something we haven't mentioned. Chitwell for as Mordo. For me, he was a very interesting character and going in with like the kind of comic book knowledge, he is like Strange's mortal foe and I think from, from his first appearance onwards, he's always been the bad guy. So it's kind of nice to see him as a... Of course, you you wouldn't... See, I wouldn't yeah, know that, yeah. so I just assumed that he was a good guy. Yeah, and I think that was... A, for me, I was like, that's good because like, for the entire entirety of the movie, he is a good guy. And I think the final scene, you see him take that turn towards the dark side. And you can I think you kind of see why, although it felt to me a bit rushed because it was literally the end of the movie and he's he's pissed off at something that happened and he's like, yeah right. no, I didn't." It's quite... a bit of a bit of a, bit of an about face where and to me it seems strange because I don't know the, the mythology and yeah. for all, for all I was would know, he's just a character they just threw in Yeah, yeah, to give some context to strange learning about yeah. stuff. So it seemed a lot to me, but if you read the comics, I guess yeah, yeah. it would, again, some fan service. True. They had the character of uh, Christine Palmer, played by Rachel McAdams, as a kind of ex-girlfriend. And for me, she felt a bit superfluous. I mean, if she wasn't in it, there'd have only been one woman in the entire cast with a talking part. You know, but her role, to me, just seemed unnecessary. And, it, and, and again, I like her as an actress, and I think, you know, I, I would like to see more of her, but she just seemed a bit... What's yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, she, and it was kind of they kind of sh- sort of shoehorned a romantic bit in it, and it was kind of a bit. So I'm coming two minds. I think she was pretty pointless in the movie, but then if she wasn't in it, it would have been just a very a sausage fest. To be honest, I totally forgot about her. Exactly, and I kind of I remember, remember thinking about her now. So yeah, I guess maybe she's going to be uh, something more substantial in like future movies because I ma- imagine all these people are signed up for multiple multiple appearances. Um, How do you keep this track of your schedule? I read an interview with, recently actually, with Tom Holland, who's the new Spider-Man. And they were interviewing him saying about, all right, you've got Spider-Man coming out very soon. Um, are you going to be in Avengers? And he's kind of said, like, I don't know. All I know is I've signed up for three movies and three appearances, so six things in total. And he said, look, they're very accommodating when it comes to schedules. So, you know, if he's shooting another movie, which isn't Marvel related, and they want him to appear in like, you know, Thor or the next Avengers, then they'll work around that um production which is quite cool um so i guess that's how they do it wow can you imagine being the person with the, the excel spreadsheet of all the characters and well yeah all the well, filming dates well, and... that's it you've got the first avengers affinity war movie coming out in a couple of years i think they're going to start production in the new year and that's going to be a fucking nightmare because you're going to have every single character we've seen so far is somehow going to be in that in some capacity um that is going to be a nightmare but I think some of this stuff I think I think the last couple of movies they've done I reckon they've already filmed bits for that because the script's been ready and I reckon they'll go look if we're filming Thor we need to do a scene for the next Avengers we'll do that now because I just think yeah well, like, they're one, one they're there, in makeup ready to go so you're making a movie piecemeal over a period of about three four years yeah. I'm assuming and then, well what if you need to do reshoots because all films need to do reshoots they do this somehow they do it somehow they do it I think um do you know why? Actors have too much time on their hands. Yes, that's what it is. That's it easy, easy yeah. life, easy life. So you've already answered my question about would you want to see a sequel, and you're kind of more likely you'll want to see them in other movies first. Well, I want to see a sequel. I uh, as a non-massive comic book fan, yeah. you know, who just enjoys the Marvel superhero movies for what they are. I enjoy Doctor Strange. But I don't have enough connection to him as a character to right. want to rush out and see a sequel. So, do you think that's a fault of this movie? Do you think that hasn't delivered enough for you? Uh, no, I just don't think Doctor Strange is interesting enough. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, I, he just he does strike me as as B grade superhero. Like, yeah. if you're a if you're a fan of him, cool. But I think for the general population, I don't think he's necessarily interesting enough. Sure, but he is someone who I would like to see yeah. again against some of the more A-grade superhero. I mean yeah. everyone has their own favourite superheroes. so if, if Doctor Strange is your favourite superhero and apologies I I'm not saying he's a bad one I'm, I'm saying he was great
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know if how they would make it interesting enough to make a sequel but then like I thought the first Thor movie wasn't very good at all I didn't particularly want to see a second one but then I thought the second one was probably one of the best so Controversial opinion. I really thought Thor of the Dark World was good fun, but it. it's funny you read like you know polls and you know opinion pieces, and everyone goes, Oh, yeah, Thor of the Dark World was terrible. And I'm like, what? Was it Was it terrible? What? it was quite fun. Well, I think because a lot of it was set in London. Do you think a lot of people just didn't like that? I well, I kinda I it's nice seeing stuff you know. Yeah, no, I thought I remember it was being one of the funniest I think, movies. I think they the first done. one was so bad. I'm sorry, I thought the first one was awful. Really? I thought the it was a real surprise that it was actually so entertainingly watchable for me. Right. The second one, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. I and mean, I think you mentioned about how he's probably not everyone's favorite superhero. And as a comic reader, I never really read much Doctor Strange. I wouldn't, you know, when I was buying lots of stuff when I was a kid, um, I picked up some Doctor Strange stuff, but only if it was like a crossover with a major hero or part of a big storyline. Um but for me he always was a cool character to have appear in bigger stories, like, you know, that's and I think that kind of hits the nail on the head as far as you're concerned. So yeah. I think that maybe they've got it right, you know, that he is going to be the kind of character you want to appear in the next Avengers movie or He's guest like star. um Samuel Jackson character. Nick Fury. Nick Fury, yeah. Um like you couldn't have a Nick Fury movie. It wouldn't be very yeah. good. it'd be boring. But But they did. Have you seen David Haselhoff's Shield movie? No. No. Oh man, you've got to see that. It's awful, but it's absolutely chuffing awful, but yeah. Right, okay. So um, yeah, just want to look out for. But yeah. he's a great character, Yeah, and, and I like spotting him in the movies. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's how I feel about him. Cool. If it's in 4DX, I'll go and see it. Boom. There you go. So I'm going to give it four out of five, I think. I really enjoyed it. I just felt it's a bit formulaic, but again, I've seen it in 4DX. It's definitely... Do you know what? If you're going to see it in 4DX, I'll give it five out of five. The experience. Wow. i give a four out of five for, for 4DX. Okay. I don't know whether how what I, what I felt had I not seen it in 4DX, yeah. but I think a four out of five, is, I, it was fun. Yeah. So far expensive to go to, so you want to come out of a film after two hours or whatever and yeah. go, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Exactly. That's all you can ask. Exactly. Well, I think we did that. So there you go. Okay. Let's get Carly back in the room by using our Doctor Strange time power... Plot device thing to link this shit together. <laughs> Welcome back, Carly.
1: Thank you.
0: That was it. So, you've been gone for, oh, I reckon about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. missed the best talk. Yeah, we talk about loads of cool stuff about Doctor Strange. We totally reviewed it to like the max. Yeah, it's re- it's reviewed to yeah. death. Mark did some good <laughs> things. I said some good things. We we're quite witty and uh, in depth. We're just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made myself sick with laughter. Yeah. I really did. So, let's go back to talk about stuff that Cardi can get involved with since she hasn't seen the movie.
1: Hello, lame.
0: So, a little bit of trivia for you. So, this isn't the first time Doctor Strange has been turned into a movie. If you're surprised by this, that's fine, <gasps> because there was a 1978 made-for-TV movie. Um, it was... Planned on by CBS to be another kind of uh, TV series after they had, like, great success with Spider-Man and The Incredible Hulk, uh, which I know that I grew up with. I Spider-Man being a bit shit, though, because it was all about him fighting ninjas. There was no supervillains or anything. It was a bit rubbish. But obviously The Incredible Hulk is iconic. Did Spider-Man fight ninjas? Like, ninjas are cool. Mm, when, I don't know. When I was a kid, I thought they were a bit rubbish, because it was kind what? of... I want to, to see Spider-Man fight villains like Doctor Octopus and the Vulture... But of course,
1: late hey, 70s... If you want to make the,
0: something cool, you add ninjas. <sighs> well, there's, well, I guess there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there, I guess. Remember, yeah. yeah, the 70s was all about... Kung Fu. Kung Fu and yeah. ninjas. Yeah, good point, good point. I was clearly rubbish. That's why I had no friends. Still. Still. But I digress. So but anyway, back to Doctor Strange TV movie. So it didn't do particularly well, because um, it was put up against Roots, which was that miniseries you probably remember... About the origins of slavery in the U.S., which starred Jordy Laforge. Boom! You got it, Mr. Lavar Burton. So the Doctor Strange TV movie was doomed to failure. I've, I've seen bits of it. It's a bit cheesy and a bit hokey, and it's not really in keeping with the comics. But again, it's no low, low budget. By bizarre coincidence, it's just come out on DVD. What? What are the odds? Wow! Who starred in it? Uh, a guy called Peter Hooten. Peter Hooton? Yeah. He... Who's he? Exactly. He's kind of had. A, he's <laughs> a bit of a bit movie career. Um, the only thing I could see that he's been in, though. it's a good name. The only thing I could see he had been in was something I have called heard of him. Gone. He was a guy who, he was a guy who originally created Hooters. I, I like yeah. it. <clears throat> Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely him. It's a oh, fact. No, it's true. <laughs> it's honestly, it's absolutely true. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> <No>. Don't <laughs> yeah. trick us. Is it? Is well, it? I don't know. If, if it's you're... not. I have looked. It's not true. It, it might be. be. It's definitely not. Okay. Okay. So now he's been—he's been a bit movie actor, and only thing I could see that he'd been in that got my attention was something called *The Inglorious Bastards*. And I was like, "Oh!" But it's not. It's not like it. I thought it was um, the original version that Tarantino remade. But apparently, it's just in title only. Basically, Paul Peter Hooten's only famous for being Doctor Strange, and he's not even famous for that. And he's see?
1: definitely not famous for Hooters.
0: Definitely not famous for Hooters. Well, that's a pity. He could have made a fortune if he was. Could have done. I've picked out a few titles, if you like the movie, or even if you're kind of curious to read more about Doctor Strange, um, there are a couple of graphic novels you can pick up at your local comic book store, or digitally through Comicsology, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> who we're still not sponsored by, Comicsology, you know what to do. One
1: day. One
0: day, one day. So uh, I want to go pick out the first one, I want to go back to the originals, and that's Marvel Masterworks Volume 1 by Stanley and Steve Ditko. Um, this is where it all began. And it collects his first appearances from Strange Tales magazine, uh, where he shared billing with uh, Bloody Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. But uh, Marvel Masterworks Volume 1 just collects all of the Doctor Strange stuff. I'm a massive Steve Ditko fan, and if you've seen the movie, the really trippy stuff, uh, the kind of multidimensional stuff, that is pure Ditko stuff. So I recommend you go back. I and mean, they are dated, they are hokey. Um, this is like Stanley, it's most verbose. But it's it's kind of funny. Kind of cool. Um, another one I want to pick out is the Triumph and Torment graphic novel from the 80s by Roger Stern and Mike Mignola, uh, who you may remember is the guy who created Hellboy. So, this is a really good standalone story of uh, Doctor Strange teaming up reluctantly with Doctor Doom to go to hell to rescue Doctor Doom's mother's soul. But it's all very dark and gothic, which is what you expect from Mike Mignola. So, I recommend that one. And then we're going to go up towards another recent mini series called The Oath by Brian K. Vaughan, who's the guy behind Mega Popular Saga series. Uh, and also, this features artwork from Marcos Martin, who recently did some stuff for Daredevil. So basically, The Oath kind of starts off with Doctor Strange being rushed into hospital, uh, unconscious, and he's basically been the victim of an assassination attempt using his astral formula to work out who shot him. Uh, and there's another, another sort of big subplot about him discovering a mystical cure for cancer and the ethics involved in whether he should um, provide that to the world, particularly as Wong, his servant, has terminal cancer. Um, so that's no, a good little mini-series, so I recommend that, picking that one up. Uh, another one that you should probably pick up, which if you're a Doctor Strange fan, you're probably reading already, is the current series, uh, which has two volumes out, called The Way of the Weird, and the second volume is called The Last Days of Magic which is by Jason Aaron and Chris Bacalow. Uh, so this is bang up to date, uh, and it's kind of got a Joss Whedon, Buffy vibe, as well as a bit of Doctor Who. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: It kind of makes you look at Doctor Strange slightly differently, so you kind of get to see the toll of being the sorcerer Supreme takes on him. So you find out he can't eat normal food, and you kind of find out what he has to eat. It's kind of a bit fucked up. Um, what does he have to eat if he can't uh, eat normal food? Well, kind of weird bugs and stuff to try and... Why can't he it, cause eat all, normal food? Because all the magic he uses takes a toll so like there's always a price and so there's a thing in the basement which is a kind of a subplot which you find out towards the end of the second volume that basically all the dark magic is used it kind of becomes something so it's kind of considering the characters like end, yeah, 50 odd years old it's kind of fun to see someone try something so a bit he, different he can't ha- he can't have like burgers and stuff no he has to
1: eat cockroaches instead
0: yeah and weird but they're all kind of like weird but like it's magic right He's magic, we wield magic, but it's... So can't, well then, can't he magic up a magic hamburger? I'm sure it's brilliant, but that strikes me as a bit of a glaring plot hole. Marvel? (laughs) Right there, Yeah, like, he's magic. Yeah. Magic up, like, if I was magic and I couldn't eat normal food, I would totally magic up magic food. Yeah. Well, he probably does, he probably, like... It just seems such a strange thing. I didn't write them. <laughs> I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's brilliant. Yeah, you know, for a children's book, I'm sure it's brilliant. Oh, but... <laughs> harsh, harsh. Uh, I will say that the artwork's fantastic. Like Chris Backlow was made to do Doctor Strange. It's one of those things. That I because kind of surprised he hasn't done it already. So yeah, really recommend that. Um, so I've got a, a fun section for us. Fun okay, section. Fun section. Session. We still need jingles. Uh, I'm going to call this Stranger Things. Ah, I like it. Just so I can use a hashtag. So I'm going to give you four Doctor Strange-related anecdotes or p- possible storylines, and you've got to work out which one is like the red herring. So, which is the ob on out? Which is the ob on out? Right, got it. So it's four. I'm going to give you. I'm going to hit you with four. So the first one, he's worn an eye patch. Okay, that's the first one. Number two. He was originally going to be called Mr. Strange. And number three, he once wore a blue body stocking as a superhero costume. All in one, face and everything. Or number four, he was an undead soldier supreme. So you've got, you used to wear an eye patch, was originally going to be called Mr. Strange, or a blue body stocking superhero outfit. Or was an undead soldier supreme? So which one of those do you think? So one of those isn't real? Yeah. Which one? We'll go stop with Carly. Which one do you think sounds the most stranger than strange thing?
1: Well, I know that the all-in-one body stocking, including face, sounds ridiculous, but it also sounds fairly plausible. So I would say the fourth one is the red herring. Oh
0: what the undead soldier supreme oh undead yeah. soldier supreme mark well undead soldier supreme sounds very specific not just a soldier but soldier supreme because he was called yeah he's called the sorcerer supreme isn't he so you know that's why oh, i said
1: didn't even know that oh God. Shh,
0: we can edit that out so, yeah. uh, so that sounds too specific right and he, uh, he was was he always a doctor I mean, i'm just going off what yeah, i saw yeah, in the yeah. film yeah always a doctor well, you know what? I know doctors, and doctors don't like to be called Mr. At all. Right. Right, they don't go through all that pain and expense of medical school to be called Mr. Fair do's. So you reckon Mr. Fantastic's the old one out? Mr. Strange? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. Which, which? What are you talking Mr. about? Mr. Strange. Mr. Strange. Mr. Strange. So I'm, I'm going to say that, but all I literally right. have no idea. Okay. Uh, I fucked that one up, because I actually gave out a clue. Uh, in my last sentence there so the odd one out is actually the soldier supreme sort yes. of sort of and i'll explain i go from the top i'll explain so the eye patch he did wear an eye patch during the late 80s after he got his left eye shot out by a mystical bolt uh so you end up as you do, as you do. so you end up sporting an eye patch for a while until he met so in the you know in the movie you got the eye of agamotto That guy still. Yeah, because he wears so he actually met the kind of uh, mystical being called Agamoto, who, following an adventure, uh, Agamoto gave him a left eye, which happened to belong to one of his villains called the Silver Dagger. So, he, missed, he got his eye back. Was it the same color as the other one? Because if they don't match up, that never way said. It's that's like. I remember. You know, I actually thought that one. I remember. I remember reading this back in the day, and I remember thinking, like, how's, how has he got, has he got like a David Bowie thing going on now, or he's got like different different eye? You know. But anyway, no. So that that, that actually happened so Mr. Strange legend has it that Stanley was originally going to call him Mr. Strange and well that's was, just, duff. just Duff this is where I fucked up basically he thought people would think or get confused with Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four uh, so he decided to call him Dr. Strange that was his and again this is it might right, be, Okay. It, so there you go it might be horseshit it might just be an urban myth um, the blue bodies I love your fact checking it's great isn't it it, 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 might can, it might be real it might not be it might not be real <laughs> It's comics. Anything can happen, and so the blue body superhero costume actually was a thing um, to boost sales in the sixties because it wasn't selling particularly well. They wanted to make him look like a more traditional superhero, and so they had him in like a, a blue costume with like boots and gloves and a face mask, basically like a, a blue face mask. He actually looked like a, a reject from like the Blue Man Group with oh a with, with a cloak. Oh. Um, it kind of, it looked shite. I put some photos on our Twitter and Facebook. It looked terrible, and they kind of lasted a few issues, and the feedback was like, what are you doing? They dumped it. But it kind of made a bit of a comeback in the 90s, where uh, Marvel were trying to relaunch all their kind of dark heroes, like Ghost Rider uh, and Blade the Vampire Slayer, under one banner called the Midnight Suns. And so they basically um, uh, brought back the kind of superhero look for Doctor Strange, where he faked his own death and created a, a mystical construct or homunculi called Strange, uh, which had like a Rorschach face mask thing. Didn't last very long again. It looked very weird. Didn't last very long. They I am that. so lost right now. I know, I know, I know. I know. So anyway, Soldier Supreme, like, it's a bit of a red herring. So Marvel used to run a series called What If, which were standalone issues where they'll take classic storylines and ask the question of, like, what if uh, Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Uh, what if Captain America ran for president? Uh, and it would have, like, you know, what if this hero became... Which
1: honestly, a... wouldn't be that unusual, considering the current climate.
0: Well, no, very topical, very topical. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it'd have, like, heroes turn into villains, villains turn into heroes, and then one of the storylines was, um, you know, what if Dracula turned the X-Men into vampires? <laughs> it's a series, by the way. I haven't made this up. And so in this particular story... Um, all the they turn into vampires. What happened? Got, what happened when you bit? Who's the one you can't touch? Rogue. Yeah. What happened when you bit Rogue? I can't remember. I need to get. I need to get a copy of this. I had a what copy been? of this. All I've done so far is is point out plot holes. Yeah, it's in all these care. stories. What is going on? You'll never come back again. You know. No, but, that's it. I've <laughs> <not mad> myself, haven't <laughs> I? So um, it's anyway, <laughs> yeah. Start off strong. <laughs> tailed off in the middle. Tailed off. Less fat. Set so about the end of it. <laughs> yeah. They're, I want to know, though. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll find out. I'll get a copy of it, and I'll find out. I'm sure I've got one upstairs in a loft somewhere. I don't know. Can you kill a Dracula? Why? Oh, he like, can never kill Dracula, can you? He always comes back. He always comes back. But anyway, so anyway, during this storyline, Doctor Strange is killed, but he puts his astral body and takes possession of Frank Castle, the Punisher, and turns him into the Soldier Supreme, and he oh, ends wow. up ends up massacring like the vampires. So that was a one-off um, back in the early 90s. But they actually brought this back recently during Marvel's Secret Wars um cross company crossover. They actually had a, a spin-off where they brought back the Soldier Supreme. But they've done some dar stuff with Punisher anyway. And they the one of the last things they did um was the Franken Castle where he got killed and they basically <coughs> s- stitched him together and turned into like a, some kind of undead. Yeah. Mark's Mark's like mouth agape, like, why do you read uh, this shit? <laughs> they're making it up as they go along, they aren't are. they? They are. So you I'm go.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's our stranger thing I watched things. that as a film though. What a Frankenstein! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Nils. I think Nils read that. I'm sure he sure Nils read that. He's but a they could like patient. not like, loads of famous Franks could do it. Like Frank Spencer. That'd be good. <laughs> like can you? Use Frankie Stich- goes to Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno. The boxer. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could have a whole team of them. Whole t- Whole team of, of Frankenstein. Yeah. Frank Butcher. Butcher. Yeah, the yes. fictional character from EastEnders, which we just uh, lost our American audience on that one. That, I, what, I'd totally watch that. Do you know what? I'd even read one of those illustrated book things of that Oh, yeah. yeah. Comic books, yeah. Comic books, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I would tell you what. yeah, <laughs> I'd be all, all over that. Frank, Frank Spencer as a monster. <laughs> so, going back to comics, Michael Crawford did play a superhero. Condor Man. Yes. Did do you, you know why I
1: know
0: that? that? Do, you, do you know Condor Man, Carly? No.
1: It's what a, is this? This
0: was, uh, what is it early 80s or late 80s? It was an 80s super. It was a, it's it, a Disney movie. It was a right? Disney movie in the 80s. So Condor Man was played by, uh, what's his name again? Michael Crawford. Michael Crawford. And as far as I could tell, his only ability was he had a pair of wings he could glide. He you could know? even fly. No, just glide a lot. They glide. Just glide. So if. You basically just, it's basically a man with a very portable paraglider kit. Hmm.
1: Oh my God, I'm looking at
0: the outfit. Yeah. That was but the best thing is... Is it orange, right, if I remember rightly? The, the best yeah, thing is... Yeah,
1: yellow boots and yeah. yellow marigolds. Oh yeah, it was
0: awful. But there is a power disc in Disney Infinity that's Condor Man. Really? And when you put it on, whichever character you've got gets a pair of Condor Man wings. That's awesome. I mean, the only reason I'm talking about it is because I, I got it the other day. And it's like... It's really?
1: are quite large wings, aren't they?
0: Well, you know,
1: when you're, when you're
0: gliding, you need a lot of lift, especially exactly. if you're Michael Crawford. He's a big lad.
1: My God. Wow.
0: Condor Man deserves a comeback. I'm surprised Disney hasn't, like, earth that. Condor Man deserves a comeback. Yeah. Oh well, I like, loved that as a kid. The, the, is it terrible, though? I haven't seen it, it recently. The, there is a really, <laughs> really easy way to beat Condor Man if you're a supervillain. Like, take him somewhere where it's really flat because how's he going to glide <laughs> he could, he's going to have no he's going to have no elevation it's a short-lived superhero career I can see where you are going yeah, with that you know like move him to Norwich he'd be screwed All Milton Keynes Milton, yeah anywhere flat yeah yeah right okay so we've come to a, a the end of another episode of BAM so thank you for listening and as always you can find us on Facebook and Twitter so please follow and like and all that stuff Uh, We're actually doing a regular thing now where each week we're picking out four covers of the week. So feel free to come and have a look, comment, criticise, and just give us some feedback. And also, um, if you want to ask us some questions for a future show, then please drop us a line through our Twitter and we shall endeavour to include you. Uh, A big thanks and shout out go to Hattisaf, who gave us a glowing review on iTunes recently. Um, So we love hearing your feedback. So please give us a rating or review, and it's always appreciated. So want will say thanks again to Mark for coming on. Thank you, and and if you're a regular listener, I can assure you I won't be back. So <laughs> please please don't take my inclusion as any reason to stop listening. It will be the normal Brilliant service next week. I don't. do say next week. We're not that regular. Oh really? Yeah. Next time. Next say, time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we can edit that out, can't we? Exactly. Now I'm sure we will probably bring Mark back if we're really desperate. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank
1: you. What
0: are you saying thank you for? I
1: don't know. (laughs) Bye.